NFL awards have been handed out. We've got players of the year, coaches of the year, comeback players of the year, and the Hall of Fame class of 2024. What we love about it, what we don't like, and of course, we've got to make picks and preview. 49ers Chiefs, Super Bowl 58. Big show coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks uh, once again to uh, all of the listeners out there that are sticking with us all year and finishing up this season. It's our last uh, podcast of the season. It'll be official season for all 32 teams the next time we chat uh, post-Super Bowl on Monday. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. All right, before we get to our official picks and talk about what we expect to see and what we uh, would love to see from Super Bowl 58, Chiefs and 49ers fishing up this 2023 season, how about the awards from the 2023 season, Matt? Let's start with the awards. And MVP, no shocker, nearly unanimous, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think we need to spend any more time on that nope. one. A lot of these we can just be quick on. we got a lot to cover. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. You on board with that one? I'm cool. Would have been my vote, but I'm cool. There was four or five really good candidates this year, and he was one of them. I think we don't totally disagree here. Joe Flacco was named... Comeback player yeah. of the year. Um, I think it's interpretation of this award. It's an award I don't love because it's pretty contrived and forced most years. Uh, and I thought they got it completely wrong. And this was one of the greatest years to give out the award to Demar Hamlin because it's about the comeback. It's not about how good the player was. This isn't the MVP, right? And if it, and then if you interpret it that way, I still think they got it wrong because Baker Mayfield deserves it as much as <laughs> Joe Flacco, and he had a better year. And Brock Purdy, he. Towards UCL, missed the end of the season. It was not a lot of the end that he missed. He couldn't, he didn't, he wasn't healthy again until training camp started and had a miraculous comeback from that, led his team to the Super Bowl. So he deserves it more than Joe Flacco, if that's your interpretation, in my opinion. So I think the NFL it's got a dumb award. award. Yeah. It's a I think we, we agree on this one. It's a dumb award. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, right call. I, I don't think this one's a shocker at all. No, it would have been my vote as well. And uh, I'm going to give you some time here, and I'm going to sit back uh, after Miles Garrett. Brown's defensive end was named Defensive Player of the Year, Matt. Yeah, I got a problem with this one, and I'm going to sound like a homer, but I'm going to back it up with some numbers and some – just give me two minutes to get on a soapbox here because I've heard things like, oh, Miles Garrett is double teamed much more than T.J. Watt. No, he isn't. Just watch the games. I, I mean, it, Crosby, Bosa, as you know, Parsons, Garrett, Watt – all the attention from every blocking scheme they ever face or those teams are bonkers. So I don't want to say uh, no one has it harder than the others. If anyone has it harder than the others, it's Crosby because he has nothing around him. And, you know, in terms of these elite edge guys, but just numbers, this really isn't even close. So 
I'm going to go through, I don't know, 10 categories here very quickly. The number that is bigger belongs to Mr. Watt. The number that is smaller belongs to Miles Garrett, who, by the way, I think is awesome. But I think Watt is more deserving. Tackles, 68 to 42. Solo tackles, 48 to 33. Sacks, 19 to 14. And Garrett had one sack in his last six games. Quarterback hits, 18 to 16. Tackles for loss, 19 to 17. They actually tie and force fumbles, four to four. Fumble recoveries, three to one, favoring Watt. One interception, Garrett didn't have any. Eight pass deflections versus three pass deflections. I know it's not all stats, but the stats aren't even close. And there's no way, and I'm not going to argue with it all about the stats. Um, but again, I think your first argument is the right one. Put on the tape. I think these are so close when you're yeah. talking about the Garretts and the Watts and the uh, Parsons and the Boses of the world. Um, it, it, I don't want the award to turn in turn into who got the most sacks because the, I agree the, with the most small of percentage yeah. of what these guys do play in and play out. I do think things like tackles and Watts got a little in a little bit more space has an opportunity to get some more of those passes defensed and some more of those um, tackles and those sort of stats. And Miles Garrett started off really fast this year. And obviously he, the TJ Watt statistically really came back at the end of the year and surpassed him in a lot of those categories, especially sacks, but miles Garrett's game record. And you watch the game, oh, you, yeah. you look at things like PFF grade where Garrett was still higher. Uh, I mean, he's a beast and I think he was deserving and it's not that Watt wasn't deserving, but I don't have a problem with, with Garrett winning this award. I get it. I, I'm a little too close to it. Don't get me wrong. So I, I get my th- a little too wound up. The, and I will admit the Browns had a better de- better defense than the Steelers. I mean, there, there's no questioning that. And that carries some weight. And that's the biggest dog on the better defense. I mean, I get that. But the stats really aren't close. And I just wanted to throw that out there. Texans brought home offensive and defensive rookies of the year with their second and third picks in the NFL draft with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. I don't think you were surprised by either one of those. No, future is very bright in Houston. Uh, how about this one? And to be honest with you, with all the time we spend talking about all this stuff, the Hall of Fame, th- this is a cool award that doesn't get enough press. It's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And I love how every team gets somebody that is nominated and you get to learn about a lot of the stuff that these guys are doing on a human level off the field. And uh, your guy from the Steelers, Cam Hayward, was the winner this year. Yeah, I really made my day, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think Cam Hayward even knows who I am, but I've been around him a lot. Um, he has a Hayward house here in Pittsburgh as well as Atlanta. If you don't know, he's Ironhead Hayward's kid. He grew up in Atlanta as a Falcon, you know, baby youngster. And so that's home for him as well. But he's really adopted Pittsburgh as his home. Does a ton of charity work. This award is cool because I, and I know for a fact it meant a lot to Cam because he thought, my time might be running out here. And they usually give it to older guys. You know, Whitworth got it a couple of years ago. And it's somewhat of a lifetime achievement award on and off the field. It doesn't go to bad players that just do good charity. I mean, you, you got to be able to be a really good player as well. So just to give you some te- context, you know, every team votes for one as their nominee. I think Cam has been the Steelers representative eight years in a row now. You know, like – He's clearly the leader of the team. He's a big presence in the community, and he's a really good player. So I was happy for him. There's a lot, there's so many awards they give out, and there's like uh, you know sponsored awards. The the, the mm-hmm. one I like the most though, which is really funny, there's uh, NFL Flag Players of the Year, and I Alex saw that yeah, Handlin, uh, in the girls division and Ryder 
um, Noche, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, from the boys' division. So, uh, lo- love giving some love to some uh, some youngsters out there this year uh, that are that are the NFL flag players of the year, and they're really putting some money into flag football, going all the way through professional levels now uh, of the game, which it which I love too. So, um, but. The Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award. It's like, well, who led in sacks? Okay, T.J. Watt, he gets the award. You don't there's any voting. No, right. Yeah, yeah. That, one's, that one's really funny. Um, and then you got the <laughs> FedEx Ground and Air, which the 49ers both took home with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay. uh, and then uh, a, a real award here that we'll finish up with this one is Jim Schwartz. Brown's defensive coordinator was assistant coach of the year. Okay, I have no problem with that either. I mean, I, I thought McDonald or Johnson in Detroit would run away with assistant coach of the year, but – Schwartz did a tremendous job as well. Really kick-started that defense. Next, Matt, we've got to talk Hall of Fame. We've got a new class in 2024 of Hall of Famers, five current-era Hall of Famers, and two others. And um, maybe soapbox time for a moment, and then we'll get Just into a moment. Yeah, Bowl got bigger fish to fry, but yeah. Right, yeah, make our preview and picks of a Super Bowl 58 next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer from other retirement accounts with a $3 match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement, thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30. Uh, get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. And this episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets from all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users, you still got time. Get $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. You see the view from your seat, you know exactly what you're getting, and the thing I love the most about Game Time, all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out, even on tickets to the big game Sunday. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, and right now all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas. 100 terms apply just download the game time app and use code vegas 100 for a hundred dollars off the big game ticket or if you're not going to the game uh, use code locked on for twenty dollars off any other first purchase tickets download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed here we go hall of fame class of 2024 and it is dwight freeney devin hester andre johnson julius peppers patrick willis those are the five current era and then we've got Randy Gratishar, part of the senior class, and Steve McMichael. And, you know, there's I, – I trash on the Hall of Fame a lot, Matt. And, uh, you know, there's a whole argument about you can't tell the story, the history of the NFL 
that's how you decide if a player should be in or out. I mean, they've they've gone way past that a long time ago. We've got almost yeah. 400 Hall of Famers now. Uh, that's a pretty big book if you're trying to tell the, the story of the NFL and include all 400 of those guys in any meaningful capacity, right? Um, so so we can quit arguing that that's it. Um, it's it, and, and it starts with Major League Baseball Hall of Fame or not. It's and that here's the other thing. It becomes so important for all of the players that that are trying to get in, but it's this whole contrived thing. It's just a museum and you know self-important writers that have created this thing that you have to be your career somehow has to be validated by this right. vote from these other people. And, and I hate that for the players. But then when you see how much it means to them, and you see someone like Devin Hester, who I didn't think should get in, but you know it's just an emotional moment where they show up and they let him know. He's going to be a Hall of Famer and he's got his kids in his arms and he's saying, look, kids, this is if you work hard and it's a lesson for his kids that he's got his arms around. I mean, I love seeing that. I love seeing the tears from a guy. My guy, the seeing Steve McMichael, I mean, heartbreaking, right? Getting the call finally um, in his condition currently. So, uh, you know, it's great to see the players get in. I hate how this contrived museum has become such an important thing as if these guys need validation for their careers. That's really well said. And I like all that. I'm, I, I like hall of fame talk more than you do, but it's getting a little diff- ridiculous. It's getting a little watered down with all respect to Gratishire and McMichael, even the senior committee to me leaves a little to be desired. You know, we wait like 30 years and then we put guys in and why are we putting two of them in now? I almost feel like they should have their own wing. Like, you're not as good as Lawrence Taylor or, you know, you know, like it's not even how the about, same, you know, how about a special teams wing. I've been saying that for years that every three or four years, one special teamer should go. I think coaches should have their own wing. GM should have their own wing. Yeah. How do you compare Shanahan versus Fred Warner when they're both up the same year? You know what I mean? Like, that's not fair. They don't do the same things. Commissioners versus uh, the greatest groundskeeper of all time. <laughs> Get him in, right? And think of all the ACLs and and ligaments saved for a, for a really great turf. Um, <laughs> what about the area scouts that that were the ones that recommended that you uh, that you draft Tom Brady or Brock Purdy? Right? They right, changed right, right. the course of the NFL as much as you know a, a, a special teams player did. Right, and I don't want to come. I don't want to compare a commissioner versus center in terms of one of them gets in and the other one doesn't. Right, and <laughs> and really, that's what the Hester argument is. Not that he isn't great. Not that he's not the best return man I've ever seen, and probably in the history of the league. Not that he didn't petrify the opponent time and time again. But to leave Gates off and put him in offends me a little bit. To be very yeah. honest with you. Before we go further, I, I'm very happy that Willis got in. I didn't think he ever would. And I'm pretty happy Andre Johnson got in. Of all the receivers, he was my favorite of that group. So this was kind of a down class. I think that helped them to get the, you know finally get the bump. And I think it's one of the reasons Hester got in, because it's somewhat yeah. of a down class. But at and the was, expense of Gates, that bothers me to no end. I, I agree. Uh, hands down, put Gates in over him. Um, yeah. I mean... I'm gonna I, I interrupt you all the time and I'm gonna do it again. No, no. I'm sorry, but I guarantee this conversation went like this. Antonio Gates is great. He's got lots of time. I don't know that he's ready to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So we'll <laughs> we'll make him wait one more year right. and then he'll get in. But this is Devin's last chance, really, because it's kind of a down class. 
just put the five best dudes in. I don't yeah, want any that of that nonsense. My gatekeeping comment exactly. about most important riders. Who's a first ballot? Who's not? Uh, you so have to dumb. put five in every year. Put one in, put zero, put 12 in. Put who belongs yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as, as far as Hester, and look, Hester was super fun to watch. And, you know, maybe he was yes. the greatest return man of all time. But, I mean, other greatest return men of all time weren't even allowed to return because it wasn't a value enough, valuable enough job to do. Barry Sanders could have been the best return man of all time. Deion sure. Sanders was just as but dangerous did every time yeah. or more. So, you know, um, and you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's not allowed to return kicks. Christian McCaffrey scored 20 touchdowns this year. That's more than Devin Hester scored in his entire career returning kicks. So well, when you get just, too good at returning kicks, when you get too good at football, they don't let you return kicks anymore. Because one thing's more valuable than the other. And, and we're not even right. talking about just star players that aren't allowed to do it either. So, um, Antonio that, Brown was like the best punt returner in the league as a rookie. I mean, like yeah. you're you're not doing that ever again unless it's yes. a playoff. You know, right? Patrick Willis. <laughs> Patrick Willis. Erlacher. Patrick Willis's first play as a rookie, he went down on kick coverage, absolutely destroyed the return man, and everyone's yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. "Probably the only time he's ever going to get a chance to do this because he's not going to be allowed to be on special teams." Anymore. Like Terrell Davis made his bones there, and then as soon as he yeah. got too good at football, they said, "You're not doing that ever again." Right. So, so Heston <laughs> might be the greatest of all time, but. How far back in line would he be if everyone was allowed to return kicks that would have been the greatest of all time? You know what I mean? Let's so, let Randy Moss do it 50 times a week, a year. And maybe that's he'll not score a lot too. Yeah. I, I, I hate yeah. the crap on Hall of Famers right I, after they get in. Yeah. But and, and that's it. Like, I love for him that he got in. It was important to him. He was a really fun player to watch, but no I mean, doubt. It's not, not a Hall of Famer to me. And he just not has better Famer. highlights than other people. That's why, you know, he gets in over other very important. NFL jobs. And, and I said this going in, and I know we would have to get to the Super Bowl, but if I'm the head coach playing against Hester, I tell my punter, never let the ball land in bounds. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that against Aaron Donald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or right. the best, you know, Larry Allen. I can't just be like, we'll just not ever let him influence the game. You know, Or Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates didn't get in the ball. Uh, how do you defend Antonio Gates? You can't say, oh, we're not going to, we're going to take him out of this play by not covering him. We're going to push him out of bounds and he right. doesn't exist anymore in this play. You can't do it. Right. You put three guys on him and then Vincent Jackson's going for touchdown after touchdown or Tomlinson or whatever, you know, of course. Let's talk Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, man, segment, I'm stuck. We are going to preview the Super Bowl, how we think things are going to go, projection, project, predictions, picks, Chiefs Niners, Super Bowl 58. The next segment is brought to you by Nissan USA. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue. Perfect for city drives and great escapes. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, all built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment systems. The perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. How about the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder? Has room for up to eight in expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability. We're talking 284 horsepower and 6,000 pounds of towing on that bad boy 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. So take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or the new 2024 Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And of course, if we're talking big game, there's lots of ways to play, including prize picks. And you only got a couple more days to download the prize picks app. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way 
to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with the big game and even get an extra one yard play with Patrick Mahomes. If he throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on that more than pick on prize picks. So quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and uh, projections. All you do is you pick two to six players. You pick more than or less than on their projections, and you're not playing against a large pool of, of sharks and other players. It's just you against the numbers at prize picks. And all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers to finish off the 2023 season in Super Bowl 58. Matt, let's start with, I think, the more intriguing aspect of this game. It's been my number one uh, matchup to watch, and it is. I think the best offensive coordinator in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan, against the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, and Steve Spagnuolo. So when the 49ers have the ball yep. is where I want to start. Okay. And what do you see happening when the 49ers have the ball? Well, just in terms of units, I think the Niners' offense is the best of the four, and I would probably say their defense is fourth. You know, Not that there's big discrepancies in any of them, to be honest with you. They're all really good. Um. My hunch, it's more about Spagnolo to me than Shanahan in that what does he want to try to take away? And my hunch is everyone's talking about how bad the Chiefs run defense is. And it's been problematic, but he also kind of forced the Ravens into throwing when they should have been running and things like that. And I, I said that about the offense because I think there is no right answer. And Shanahan has created this, that there is no right answer to make this team play left-handed. They don't have a left hand. They they go their right is so strong and you know any which way you go. They're ambidextrous. Yeah. But I bet that it's going to come down to Purdy's going to have to make throws. I, I can't imagine them allowing themselves to hand the ball off to McCaffrey time and time again for 4 8 6 and the Chiefs have been so time of possession conscious lately. I think they're going to say, Brock, if you can beat us with your arm, and I'm not saying he can't, go for it. And I think you'll get a fair amount of man coverage. I'm curious, you know, will Sneed go on Ayuk? I lean towards that, but it seems like a lot of different opinions on that. So we'll see. I don't know that you'll get a lot of blitzes, but I think that you'll see a lot of keeping the the defense or the offense off balance, you know, blitzing when you don't expect blitz and vice versa and all those yeah. things And both sides of the ball, all coaches involved, both quarterbacks, two weeks to prepare just elevates all of it for me. You know, oh, oh, for sure. Uh, it's going to yeah. be so much fun, the chess match there. And, yes. um, you know, Spagnolo is going to bring pressure. It's not that he's not yeah. going to bring pressure. It's just not going to be quite as much as I think he brought pressure against, Lamar Jackson last week. 100%. And it'll be more like the Miami game, similar style offense. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and But Brock Purdy's been really good, top five quarterback in the NFL against pressure, too. Great. So another yeah. aspect of it that, that fascinates me. If the if the Chiefs stay back in, you know, too high coverage, man, and take on the 49ers, the, the Niners are going to run all over them. And that's the best path for the 49ers to win. And you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to come out and he wants to run the ball. He's going to get Debo involved early. He's going to get McCaffrey involved early. So that's kind of the tester, and we'll see how that goes early on in the game. And 
even if you bring an eighth man and, you know, walk Justin Reed down, the 49ers might still be able to run on that. Yeah. But what does Spagnolo do? Because he knows the Niners are going to try to do that. What's he going to try to do to take that away? And is he going to give you the looks to try to make you pass and force Brock Purdy to beat him? Is like you said, I think that's what he's going to try to do. I and I think it might end up being do the 49ers decide they want to grind it out? Or is it, it's almost a matchup of patience to me. Like who's the, mm-hmm. who's the less patient team? Who's the less patient quarterback? Because the way the, Chiefs have been playing this year and statistically one of Mahomes is the Mahomes worst season, you know, passer rating EPA or whatever. And right, you know, right, right. average depth of target Brock Purdy's For way sure, ahead right. of Mahomes in all those categories. Yep. Um, Mahomes, especially in the playoffs, no turnover, no, not even no turnovers. I don't think, I think zero turnover worthy throws. According zero. to right, uh, right. next gen and, uh, yep. and PFF. So are they going to play the brand of football where it's like, okay, we're going to force, Brock Purdy to throw, and we believe the young quarterback is going to make a mistake before our quarterback does. And so it's almost going to be a battle of patience. Is, is Shanahan yeah. okay saying, "Oh, well, that's fine too," because uh, we're going to we're going to defend um, we're going to defend your we, we have no problem covering your guys with our defense, and we're going to make Patrick Mahomes dink and dunk his way down the field too. So is this one of those grinded out games? where nobody wants to take the big shot because nobody wants to make the big mistake. Or do we see the 49ers come out and Spagnuolo says, we're going to, we're, we're going to force you to check into the passes. And then are we going to see some fireworks with run after catch and, and more space in the back end and in guys slinging a little bit. So, so that's the early test for me in this game, see which direction is going to go. Cause I, I want to say it's going to go under the total and be more of a grinded out game. But just, I don't know if, Spagnuolo is going to allow the 49ers to play that way. He's going to force them to check into more passing situations. I know Kyle Shanahan trusts his quarterback to throw the football. I was surprised how much he let him throw in the rain against the Green Bay Packers, which was clearly the obvious game plan was let's just pound the heck out of it with Christian McCaffrey. Who cares how many yards per carry we're getting in that game? And that's not the way Kyle Shanahan attacked it because he knew the defense was going to expect that. Uh, So that's what's fascinating to me about this game is that chess match. And then we know no lead is safe with Patrick Mahomes, even if he is dinking and dunking for three quarters. So I think it's going to be more of the conservative approach, especially in the first half. And I was listening to a podcast the other day with Chase Daniel, who was Breeze's backup when they won the Super Bowl in New Orleans. And he said, the Super Bowl's so different. Sean Payton went into that super long halftime while the Rolling Stones or whoever's playing and scripted another 15 plays. You know, we just treated two halves totally different. You know, like I, I always think with these kind of offensive masterminds, the second half might be a lot more aggressive. You know, like now I got a bead. I'm going to play it close to the vest early on. Now I got a bead on what they're trying to do, or they got a linebacker hurt that I can exploit, or, you know, and let's go back to the drawing board at halftime. And Mahomes has been like a microprocessor with his mind. Everyone talks about his body, but, I mean, his mind is sharper than ever. And Purdy's such a quick processor, period. If you can just get him to – Pat that ball a second longer for a while. Yeah. That goes a long way in that rhythm offense. You know? Yeah, and, and Purdy's not afraid to sling it, and it's what makes no. him great. But also, he, it could get him into trouble. And so, yeah. it, he it has had turnover worthy plays the last. Yes, couple absolutely. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and to be honest, this is a this is my big talking point for the 49ers. Is like, okay, this is a four quarter game. You, we saw in the Super Bowl four years ago, three quarters, three and a half quarters, not enough. You got to play six minutes. Four quarter game. The 49ers haven't played four total good quarters in the playoffs yet. Yet they're still in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. So you got to start fast and be good. And, and to me, for the 49ers on defense, it starts with 
are they able to beat those? And I, and I think they have an advantage. Bosa is Chase Young. Does Chase Young come to play? And I think Chase Young and Big. Chris Jones are kind of the X factors because both those guys can play hot and cold. But this is the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're going to be up no for this, for that. Right? right? And so can the 49ers get pressure on Mahomes? If you get a lead, now you're getting pressure on Mahomes and the lead. Can you force him to make those mistakes? So, again, that comes back to patience, which quarterback makes the fewest mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that leans towards Mahomes. I mean, again, and he's been unbelievable with that. And I also think I've been really hard on the, the Chiefs' offensive tackles, but they've played better lately. The line's played better lately. The offense as a whole is playing the best it has all year. And Nick um, Allegretti has it did a, a fine job okay. filling yeah. in uh, yeah. for Tooney, and it's looking more and more like Tooney's probably not going to play. I don't think they've announced mm-hmm. anything yet, and I think they're just kind of being coy with that one. It's probably going to be Allegretti. So, like, look, the, the 49ers are healthier than the Chiefs are, are coming out of this game. And uh, yeah, but, but Chiefs they, are also but, missing a Menahu and you know, a couple yeah, Menahu, ACL, and, you know yeah. the 49ers could take advantage, I think, on both lines, which which could be enough of a difference to me in this game um the key is the 49er or the the key is for that that for the chiefs if they're able to muster offense without big plays if they're able to run the ball mm-hmm. and can dunk continue third down third down conversion third down conversion go go down the field and score early in the game so i think the 49ers are gonna have an opportunity to score early in the game uh the chiefs are averaging what 21 points given up the niners are nearly 30 we, we call them glock 30 for a reason right so that's another like is the 49ers offense win against the, you know, it's good on good 49ers offense, Chiefs defense. That's why that that side of the ball is. I think I know how things are going to go with the Mahomes Chiefs offense against the 49ers defense, which is also good on good, but it's a little bit of different level of good on good than I think Shanahan versus Spagnuolo in this one. A couple general themes I think are really important are, you mentioned it's a 60-minute game, and I think that's more important for the Niners but, I mean, even if the Niners return the opening kickoff for a touchdown, get a bounce or two in the first half, go in with a 21-3 to lead at halftime, it ain't over. I mean, it's not even close to being But one thing they need to do is shorten that game, right? Uh, it's yeah. not it's what they did not do in the Super Bowl. And it's why I bring this up about Spagnolo. Spagnolo got the 49ers to throw late in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, it was, like, apparent. It was like, you know, it was like, okay, good call. RPO, right look to call that, but – Chris Jones or whoever it was got their big hand up in the air and batted the ball down. Well, a zero yard run is still better than an incomplete pass in that situation and certainly more than an interception. So Kyle Shanahan, when he has a lead, needs to realize, okay, well, maybe this is where I don't care. Put 11 guys in the box. The right call in a normal situation might not be the right call here. I don't mm-hmm. care if I get zero yards on the Close ground. I'm going to shorten this football game. And we saw the 49ers come back in that very same vein against the Lions because they didn't shorten the game and they went for it on fourth down, tried to go for the the killer, the kill shot, which again, like you, you look at analytics, you look at everything, but it ended up being the wrong call. So, um, and the 49ers, I think got, I think Kyle Shanahan did get out coached by Reed and Spagnolo in the last Super Bowl, And so uh, we'll see how this plays out. Some of those intangibles to me have to favor the chiefs subject to change, but they were there every year. I mean, everyone's heart beats out of your chest a little bit more early. And how do you deal with Taylor Swift being the long commercials? I mean, it's just a different world. And how about I mean, that favors Kansas City? Butker, one of the better kickers in the league. Rookie I was kicker. Mention special teams. Yeah. He was the best kick in the draft. He's made some big kicks. Four for four in Allegiant Stadium, by the way. Jake Moody, uh, including okay. the Shine game, I think he made one of those kicks. Um, but 
Special teams does favor Kansas City, though, clearly. Yes, yes. And um, speaking about hearts being out of your chest, you know, rookie kicker lining up for a game winner in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's big time yeah. stuff right big there. Uh, to your point, though, really quick before we make our predictions, Matt. Yes. Uh, my guy, Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers, brought this up, and it's such a great point. At Super Bowl week, Patrick Mahomes was asked about Super Bowl and how you, you know, process it because it's a different game and, and what you're – you, your process is going through the week. And he's like, well, I've got a routine. And you're like, oh, he's been here so many times already. He's got a, a routine. It's like uh, when you, oh, see, yeah. uh, you, you see these uh, Instagram models who are like, oh, here's my makeup routine. This is what I go through, you know, because I do it every day. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes in the Super Bowl so many times, he's already got his own routine for it, right? Brock Purdy. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it's pretty, uh, that, that's pretty interesting. You know, clearly I think, you know, like kicking game, um, you know, maybe not punting. The Niners have a really good punter, but mm-hmm. as far as field goals and quarterback, you know, obviously the the Chiefs have the lead. Um, the Niners are just really good top to bottom, and I think they are a better football. Well, I think they have the better roster. And so this is this is going to be fascinating to me. Uh, I like the 49ers to get an early lead. Can they keep it is my question here. So with all that said, Matt, what is your pick? Super Bowl 58, Niners favored by, I think, two. It's kind of been one and a half to two and a half. I really don't feel strong on the point total, you know, what the actual prediction of the score is, but I took it 23 to 20. Deep down, I think the fourth quarter might be fireworks, though, and I might we might blow past that. It might feel like that type of game until the end. I'm taking Kansas City to win, though, and so much of it's just a shortcut to thinking and not betting against Mahomes. I mean, I, I think he's Michael Jordan. I, I mean, I really do. And, and no offense to Shanahan or any of the great set people on the Niners sidelines, but Kelsey, Spags, Reed, if those are your second, third, fourth best assets in one game, that's pretty darn strong. But other than that, you know, assets five through 20 certainly favors the Niners. You know, there's no question, you know. The 49ers have won two playoff games, haven't covered in either. And I think it's going to happen again, which means 49ers by one in this mm. game for me. And okay. I, I, I've, I've predicted 28-27. Like you, I think it's going to be a little bit more grinded out early and, and maybe some more points later to get you on the over. But, you know, I don't think under is a bad bet. I'd probably stay away from the over-under in this yeah, game like because of that, because of the Super Bowl. Um, but I do think it will start slow as far as points. But... um Jake Moody missed field goal. Niners fans are going to get real tight. 28 27, though. 49ers win by one point. Okay. No, I think it'll be very close. I'm looking forward to this as much as any I can remember. I, I just, I can't bet against Superman. Uh, yeah, I mean, what is he? I, 10 1 and 1 now. Because last, he was 9 1 and 1 before last week. And remember, I picked the, the Chiefs because, like, against the spread. And I guess I would be picking the chiefs against the spread here. It's, it's never bad money picking uh, an underdog chiefs team, a neutral site game here. I just Not tweeted this actually right before we went on the air. I mean, Mahomes has been an underdog only 12 times in his career, which in, in itself is insanity, Insane. <laughs> but he's, he's 10, one and one against the spread in those games and nine and three straight up, you know, like he just wins, especially when it matters most. Niners by one, and you can still catch that bet. I like it. So, I like it. Uh, thanks, everybody. I can't wait, though. Yeah. Your first listen, Super Bowl 58 is going to be a lot of fun. Of course, Matt and I will be back Monday to break it all down.
Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Talk to you Monday, post-Super Bowl, post-2023 season, right here. Peacock and Williamson.